Good evening, everyone. Welcome in to episode 24, number two dozen <laughs> of the Fused Relativity podcast. Chris here, uh, Saturday night. Hope everybody's doing well. John, how are you doing this evening? It's been a painful weekend. <laughs> we heard a little bit about your struggles with uh, some animation. Yeah, animation, Inkscape, it, it just minecraft although that's that's less relevant they all conspired against you yes <laughs> me and computers have not gotten along this weekend well fortunately we are still sitting in our new uh podcast booth up in space looking down at the earth it's a it's a much better view still uh still fresh Yeah, the earth looks the earth looks cool. The earth looks I mean, you know what? the earth looks you know what? From there the earth actually looks nice and peaceful. There's except no it's stress not, there. It, it, I never made it to look like earth. Oh. I just figured blue planet. Yeah. Uh, earth. Yeah. I was a little earthist. You know what? I apologize <laughs> for all planets. I was I apologize for my earth centric viewpoint as a humanoid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mambo number 18, uh, I'm assuming that's a Lou Bega reference. Well, everybody remembers Mambo number five, and that was like over 20 years ago. So I figured in that amount of time, there's been at least 13 other Mambos. So I figured I'm right now, you can't, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing the Mambo number 18. You just can't see because it's a podcast. So you'll have, to, ima you'll have to imagine and all our me, viewers me the whole, this whole podcast, I'll be mamboing number 18. Occasionally, I'll slip back to number five to throw a shout out, but it's going to be mainly 18. <laughs> okay, well, we're holding you to it, Kirk. Done. <laughs> well, hey, Kirk, I wanted to uh, start the show off because we're pretty excited about it. Me and John did get our designs in for the Havelina Toss t-shirt. Well, and, and I think... just to just to specify, this all happened after the podcast last week. So while we were kind of in the post podcast, just talking, uh, we kind of had the idea to make it a competition to see who could design uh, a decent shirt for one of the jokes that Kirk had in his uh, uh, Kirk's Corner. Amazed on the speedness. Like, I mean, literally in a week's time, like, yeah, a joke I came up with about the Olympics, and now we're going to see. I don't know. That seems like nice turnaround time, guys. Yeah, well, wait till you see the designs, because mine are very simple, but I'm, I'm standing by them. John's, I'm sure, is a little more intricate. But, um, John, we can start with mine if you want. I have them all up at the same time. I figured I would let Kirk kind of, uh, I mean, it's going to be obvious who's is who's, but I figured he could uh, uh, take a, a guess. So here, a, huh? No, here, I just, I'm picking just, a slide pops up and it just says finger paint. I'm like, I'm <laughs> guessing that's, that's Chris thoughts that that's what finger painting was, that he just <laughs> drew the words. But okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah, here are the shirt designs we came up with for Havelina Throat. <laughs> now, oh, 
I was going to say for those who, uh, because Chris has had to explain the joke to uh, a few people now, uh, Havelina is a, and Kirk, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a type of pig that is common, like in the, the it, Southwest, like Mexico. Yeah, it's like a, a desert wild boar with, with tusks, you know, a little, little smaller than the, 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 the bigger wild boars, but just, yeah, wild pig in the desert, basically. They're mean. They stink. Yeah, they do not smell good, and you do not. They will charge you, and like they'll literally. I've been on like people said like when they go, they're out hunting, like just being treed by a javelina, where they have to just run up a tree to get away from this thing. So yeah, nasty things. So the the idea that an Olympic event would be throwing one, <laughs> a ham hucking good time. <laughs> oh man <laughs> so which one's your favorite uh you know i i like the i think that the ham hucking good time caught me and it's also too for some reason the the javelina isn't biting like he just seemed to have given up or he's <laughs> just like all right i guess i'm getting tossed like, there's something kind of amusing about that i think or are there you know he's like on the same team he practiced too he wants to win the gold i and I'm just curious, Kirk, could you read what was inside the speech bubble on on the uh, second one? Oh, is that damn autocorrect? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good joke. That's nice. <laughs> See, that, that's what I was saying. I... See, I, I wasn't uh, happy with how mine looked. Uh, in fairness, John, yours is a lot more... Uh, I like the turning the javelina into a javelin that's <laughs> <laughs> uh that's a good idea i went it kinda, with it, it makes it kind of skinny you know it makes it look more like yeah. a rabbit yeah. i uh I, I told kirk that i had come up with a tagline and it's funny how my brain works when he when we decided to do this shirt design i uh started thinking about pigs and then i thought of ham hocks and then of course a ham huck and good time was born <laughs> see that's what I, that's what i was saying i'm like chris's is way funnier than mine i just put in more effort to the the drawing of it if you just if you just fatten yours up and then if we can like throw in one of those, two, if you get these combine it, you know what I mean? Like you just, <laughs> you fatten yours up and then you put in one of, one of the, the ham hucking good time and then boom, it's the best of both worlds. All right. Well, I think we could do that, Kirk. Yeah. John's doing it. As we speak. <laughs> He's not even going to be here for the rest of the show. He's like, doo, 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 doo. Sadly, you sent me just alphas, so I can't. Yeah, you can't touch mine, but. Uh, Kirk, we will. There we go. Um, go ahead. I think what we will do is go ahead and mix the two together because I can send John or vice versa the file, and then we should be able to get those put together and get you a shirt that you can wear around town. Should be a fun time. That would be awesome. And then at some point, if we could like shrink it down and like instead of like the Izod alligator, like it's just that logo, that would be hilarious. <laughs> That would, I would definitely wear that uh, collar shirt. Is that a javelina you're throwing? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Uh, I feel like the ham hucking good time won 
except we ended up in the end, we're going to merge them together. So, John, we'll call this one a tie. Sounds good. Good effort all around. <sighs> hey, one week, you can't argue too much, right? <laughs> for, for that speed, where else are you going to go, folks? Come on. What do you think? <laughs> No, good. It was good effort. Like honest, and I like like it's just a uh, once again, it's nice to collaborate artistically. You're just you know, your thing and your thing mesh it together, and then that's it's the better thing. It's you know, it's like a band or something. So yep. I have a a few a few things that we can talk about this week, and I think uh, hopefully they should fill our time because well, that's what we got. So. First off, I wanted to talk about the, uh, in the past, we've talked about automation and how John specifically thinks that everything is going to go to automation. Yeah, uh, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can argue that it is already on its way, but uh, a question that was kind of posed to me was, what are we going to do? about all of the waste that comes from that, such as batteries. When they die, what do you do with the batteries? You know, electric cars specifically have big battery packs. And once they go away, what are you going to do with those? Because you can't really dispose of them. Like, you can't just throw them in the landfill like you would trash. And what's the, you know, implication of all the all the waste garbage that we're going to come across with these automated units. So as far as Tesla batteries go, the batteries themselves are reused in their solar home thing. Um, so they're already recycling the Tesla batteries, which lithium in and itself is a, not a great resource to begin with because it's uh, not exactly ethically mined. Well, and, yeah, it all it all comes from like one area, and they use a lot of child labor to dig it up. But there is also a lot of lithium and a lot of other products that we use, like cell phones, bat or just batteries in general. It's it's one of those things that it's <clears throat> would be hard to get around. Not impossible, and there's already solutions that are are available. Um, for instance, at where I work, we have two types of batteries for uh, the devices we use. One uses capacitors, and the other one uses the traditional lithium ion. Um, and capacitors, although they have some significant disadvantages they are still probably going to end up becoming the go-to now i guess the the biggest disadvantage with a capacitor based system is they're bigger and they discharge energy much faster so that's why we don't see capacitor based phones or anything like that the they would charge super fast. Like you could charge your phone in, you know, 10 minutes, but it would only last an hour. So it's not exactly ideal for typical everyday consumer stuff. As for automation, 
let's say you have a warehouse full of those little drones that scoot around and deliver everything, those could absolutely potentially be run on capacitors because capacitors charge super quick and they could be charged while they're, you know, there's a charging up. station, right? Just boom. Well, and they're boom. Well, charging station or induction, or inductive charging when they're stopped to pick up items or whatever. The the infrastructure it would take a little bit of money to get everything to a non lithium based because I looked it up beforehand because I wasn't entirely sure. And capacitors are made of silver, aluminum, or and then have a a fabric like mylar in between. So. I'm assuming it's still we're still using rare earth resources, but I believe they are at least recyclable, unlike lithium, which I don't think is recyclable once you once it's been used. So the I, the, major, the majority of these car the electric car batteries are they they die in two or three years or something, and then they just sit in the landfill. No, 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 no. Not... Well, look at uh, look at the lead acid batteries that we have now for our cars. Um, those typically, that's why they, you have to return them or they want you to return them is so that they can be recycled, pull the lead out, you know, get what they can out of it and then reuse it. Uh, the Tesla batteries, I believe are good for up to 10 years or should be good for up to about 10 years. And then afterwards they recycle them into as a home power bank, basically, because, uh, the current needed to run your house is a lot less or the, and I don't remember the exact, if it's um, the amps or the volts that the battery can put out or, or what it is, but it's not enough to run a car, but it's more than enough to, to run the electric grid in your house. If I could just jump here and say, uh, Chris, could you just shut the hell up? Seriously, Mr. Yeah, over there. <laughs> Are you are you awake? Hey, Did the, are just, you napping with the baby? I'm just <laughs> listening to the conversation because uh, I think it was a novel question about what happens to all of the garbage once your you know the your Tesla runs out of your battery pack goes out. What do you do with it? Because yeah, you can't just you know pick it up and throw it away. Now if like Tesla is a different scenario because they're the only not not the only ones, but they're the ones front and center with uh, electric cars and battery technology. And uh, eventually they're going to have to come up with a way to reuse this stuff, or they're going to have to find a different way to produce electricity for their cars. Nuclear. Uh, well, uh, I hope <laughs> people drive around with a little nuclear warhead on their car crashing into each other because they're texting <laughs> but the i guess the thought is like so if you had now metal i guess isn't as big a deal if you have you you can always recycle metals you know so robots and things once they live past their useful life you could just melt them down and remake something else uh so i guess the only waste product that you would have to worry about would be battery packs and as far as capacitors are concerned, the only thing I'm really worried about is they're a little more dangerous than a battery pack. Yeah, it's... 
Sorry, I'm thinking. It's 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 got a gambling problem and it'll knife you. (laughs) Well, they're they're just a little bit more uh, because they're a little more volatile. They store energy and release it a lot faster than a battery. So, you know, you just have to be a little more careful when you're working around them. Is all less stable? Just a little, or just? Hmm. I don't know. Stable is the right word. I think it's just the way it works is a little different. Like case in point. Uh, I was recently working on a air conditioning unit for an RV, and there are two capacitors inside of the unit, and you have to be very careful when you're uh, working around them because you have to kind of discharge them completely before you touch them because they store a lot of energy, and even once the units, you know, you can have no power going. Uh, you could potentially still get shocked, even though there's no power, because this thing's still storing energy. So it's just a little bit more uh, sketchy, I guess. Well, I mean, any battery that... Well, the, the, the biggest danger with lithium is lithium reacts to oxygen. I don't know if you've seen any of those videos, Kirk, where someone, you know, stabs a lithium pack and it just bursts into flames. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. So if you were to take the battery out of your phone and, and puncture it, it would just burst into flames just because lithium reacts so violently with uh, oxygen. Uh, okay. <clears throat> and... Yeah, same with uh, the lead acid batteries. Like, it's just, there's always going to be a risk with shocking. And that's why I kind of think capacitors will eventually help. I don't know. It's, it could go, go ahead, Kirk. Well, just, I I actually, just a quick funny battery story. When I uh, was doing stand-up, we were doing a show where it had a, a, a wireless microphone. So it had a, nine volt battery and during the show it started to peter out so i had to go get a two-pack so anyway like so i i i had a a, uh, i put a a nine volt battery in my in my front pants pocket and then like just you know we went out and then i fell asleep and then i woke up the next morning and we're gonna go cook some breakfast and i'm in the grocery store and i spaz out because there's this burning sensation from my my pocket because the keys my keys i guess touched they connected the circuit and it started to bar- it was so goddamn hot so i'm just like it's like eight in the morning and i just completely spaz out kramer fling reach into my pocket and just fling a nine volt battery down the the rest of the aisle at the grocery store i yeah. did not see that coming yeah I mean, that's neither <laughs> did anybody in the grocery store yeah, you know, just if you can't, my pants are on fire. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. That's not a good thing to, that's not going to get you sympathy. Whatever, pervert. Like, no, no, literally. Ow. Where were we? Uh, um, you were talking about batteries or your, the, the camper. Oh, the capacitor. That's correct. Well, I guess the main thing would be for that argument of what's going to happen to all of the waste products would be uh, switching to a different source 
that can be recyclable or reusing as much of the lit you know lithium battery as you can if even if it's going into a solar bank for powering your home well it's and just I, one of those <clears throat> go ahead oh no no you were i was just gonna say i was trying to figure out if lithium is re or if they do recycle lithium but it seemed like a good question that uh was was posed to me and I thought about it and I said, well, I wonder what the implication would be for those types of uh, battery packs specifically, because that's most of what you're not going to be able to recycle. So it makes sense. I guess if you can reuse it, I don't, lithium isn't recyclable. So. Yeah, what they're recycling, they're trying to get the cobalt, the nickel, the copper, and the aluminum back. I guess. Well, I think the biggest thing is we don't have the the necessary infrastructure in place to recycle lithium is what it, what it's sounding like. Because um, I think it is recyclable or at least partially recyclable. It's just, yeah, it, it looks like it. It's it's just the technology is just not there because we really haven't been using lithium ion batteries for long. I think it's definitely recyclable because uh, I know radio keeps playing it a lot. So <laughs> come on, Nirvana joke, nothing. <laughs> I do like uh, I do like lithium ion batteries though. They're so much better than the old nickel cat batteries. So oh, a nickel back. Oof, don't get me started. Way better <laughs> than that battery. Well, combo number eighteen. You've got a very heavy music vibe tonight. I like it. <laughs> I just uh, I was at a fair and I saw a live band. So just, I got I got music on the mind. Just no Spice Girls. Yeah, stay away from that, John. You already brought it up. <laughs> no, we covered them. I'm not going to suggest that your name would have been human. Um, you know, no. okay. There's been so, hot wings. The the other facet to this is you were also talking about recycling, and I know Kirk brought it up just before we started the podcast, but there, Kirk was talking about recycling of plastic and cardboard and all that other stuff, correct? Yeah, just all the normal when you order stuff on uh, Amazon, the the stuff surrounding the stuff you order, the packaging seems excessive. Well, it is. I I bought some. I bought something today and it came in a big ass box and just, you know, tiny little thing. Well, not tiny, but yeah. Um, I don't see, cause I, I know Amazon itself is not automated. And even though, so the, the video I watched about the autonomous drones in the warehouses in England Part of the problem they have is that the, the packaging is not designed for robots. It's designed for humans. And I, I heard the drones are already trying to form a union. That's how bad <laughs> the job is. Anyway, okay, sorry. <laughs> but it, it's... I think that's going to be part of it, is once there is a more... system in place. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So robots aren't going to be stepping all over your box 
through delivery. So technically they won't need as much packaging because it's not going to get damaged touching well, humans' hands. And it's, you know, the, the traditional way of getting groceries is you go, you get a, put them in the bag, which a lot of places have been switching to p- the paper bags or the, um, you know, the, the cloth bags that you bring in. And then you, you, you have to carry it home. But that's only because you have to carry it everywhere. If it was just, a, you know, delivered in a, you know, let, let's go old school milk delivery. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember, or I don't know if you ever had that, Kirk, but for a little while we still had milk delivery. Um, and no, so, But some people here, I see the boxes on their, yeah. on their front door. I see it today. Yeah, but that's... In essence, that especially milk delivery, that was almost a zero, not a completely zero waste, but it was a very close to zero waste because you, you know, you, you got the glass milk bottles, you use the milk, put the glass back, and then they would take the glass and I would assume they would sterilize it and reuse it. Right. Hose it out, use it again. <laughs> but something similar to that could come for or come with, you know, autonomous deliveries from walmart they load it into a crate and plastic tub and then you put it out and they come pick it back up and reuse it yeah plastic or wood or you know some sort of who knows mushroom there there was a story not long ago where someone made a boat out of mushrooms (laughs) that's a good way to use mushrooms Definitely don't put them. Don't put them on salads. Put put bacon on salad. Then I'll eat salad. Don't mushroom. Nah. Don't try and trick me and say it's the meat of the vegetable world. I don't give a crap. They they're not good. That seems it, extra it, insulting. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. It's like the meat of the. No, that's like a weird vegetable plant thing. You are incorrect. Uh, and you can only you can only eat like a quarter of the varieties. So. Who was the guy who was like, nope, can't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> right. That one will kill you. That one won't. So it doesn't for that risk reward factor, it doesn't it doesn't taste that good to go, yeah, I'll roll the dice. And since we're on it, this is a huge jump off of anything, but I cannot overstate how gross beets are. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> And anyone who eats beets is disgusting. Okay. What about what about people who beat box? Is that well, they're disgusting too, but for other reasons. <laughs> they don't turn your teeth red or whatever it does. I cannot state how much I hate beets. And I'm glad I have this podcast to let the world know how much I hate them. Any so down with beats, basically. It just that's hmm. it's one of the building blocks of my marriage, Kirk. <laughs> that's the day I knew she was the one. She <laughs> said, "You know right. what? Beats suck." Yeah. Oh, and then I heard the harp. <laughs> Anywho, ah, <laughs> uh, we. <laughs> Nice little rabbit hole. We just jumped down there. That was yeah. fun. More like a, a divot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
Okay, so you've kind of made some pretty compelling arguments there for reducing of waste. And so the theory would be that if you could figure out how to completely recycle lithium ion, we wouldn't have any problems. But finding a different way to power things would be the probably best solution for it. But I like the way you uh, posed that. So well done. Well, it's there's a lot of ways that it could be changed and altered. I mean, hell, we could potentially go slot cars instead of uh, uh, autonomous cars, if you really thought about it. Cars? That sounds dirty. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, right? With the... Um... Like a remote control? No, no, like no. On the, the... on the track where you pull them backwards and then let them go and then... No, no, no. The ones where you you lay them in the they have that metal fin that or brush that sits on the track, and it gets electricity from the the track, and they don't have bore or batteries in them themselves. And then it just drives themselves through the electric like the electricity, like so yeah. is it self self driving kind of thing. I would assume so. I don't know where I was going with that. I just as soon as you said that, I was like, slot cars could work too. <laughs> Let's call Elon. I'll I'll shoot him a text tomorrow. I'm sure he'll respond. That Neil deGrasse Tyson will vouch for us because he's been he's been on our podcast before. Just yes, budget. I mean, tech, he's he, he's been mentioned, so technically he's been on the podcast. So well, he he wrote us enough. a letter. I mean, he reached out to us. Yes. So clearly, we've got a leg to stand on. <laughs> The, uh, switching over, John, since we've gotten off track with what we were talking about, uh, the other thing we were discussing was it is apparently sorry, oh, I, was... I, drew a, <laughs> I drew a blank on what I was going to say. Um, live stream, what can you do? Sometimes it happens. But uh, I had a mind-breaking moment the other night that really just made my head hurt. I was looking up the speed of light to find out what a light year was. Because I wanted to see what a light year was and basically what it had to do with anything. And... uh Turns out a light year is a really, really long distance. And so, yeah, it, it kind of blew my brain to think of, about how big space actually is. Well, and that's why when we were talking about it, uh, I don't even remember how long ago it was, but I was talking about like seconds. And then that's why we measure stuff in the local sphere in light seconds or minutes, because it's, you know, eight light minutes from the sun to earth. And it's, yeah, when you, when you grasp how large a light year is, it's, it's unfathomable. Like our nearest star, uh, Proxima... Centuri is what is it seven 
light years away? I think when it gets to these numbers in this side, like it just get the you, your brain can't wrap around it. It's like when they they're talking about the debt; it's in the trillions. You're like that. That number doesn't mean anything to me. It's I know it's very big, but it doesn't exist. That's, that's exactly it. Kind it's hard to wrap, put in any kind of perspective of well, if that was my checking account, I'll, I would do that. No. Well, four point two. It, sorry, <laughs> light years. To perspective, Kirk, a lot light travels in space at six hundred and seventy-one million miles per hour. So. A light year is the amount of time it takes, or the amount of distance it takes light to travel in one year. So we're talking, I mean, astronomical, of course I said astronomical numbers, like, it, it doesn't even make sense. If it's a leap year, is it a leap light year? <laughs> That'd be a little more, wouldn't it? That'd be a little faster, be a little extra. So scientifically, come on, that's a valid point. To give it some perspective, <laughs> uh, Voyager, which is traveling away from our sun at 17.3 kilometers per second, it would take Voyager 73,000 years to get to Proxima. Oh, that's Proxima Centauri. But all, all the same. You know how many Dilbert desk calendars that is? <laughs> so many Dilbert desk calendars. Well, and the reason my mind broke a little bit was just because thinking about the vastness of that, it, it hurt, you know, it's, it's one of those moments where your brain just kind of fizzles a little bit because we, I don't think we can really comprehend just how big that is. No. And so, well, yeah, it's a, it's, it just like my mind just short circuited when I thought about that. So uh, just, just to put it into perspective, like if Kirk, if you were to get in your car and there was a road to the moon and you could just get on the, the highway and drive to the moon, it would take six months. Just to drive to the moon, just. Cruise yeah. controlling at 75 the whole time. Okay. Yeah. At 100 miles per hour, like if you were you were really hustling, it would take three months. You know, once uh, that's the thing that makes space travel kind of hard to comprehend because, you know, you look at the Apollo uh, lunar landings and it's like, oh, they were, you know, went and back in, in, you know, little over a week. I actually don't know how long they were on mission, but I think it's it's a day or so to get to the to the moon. And didn't we, didn't we say it's three days? Was it three days? I think three days. I remember that. Three yeah. days yeah. to get to the moon. <laughs> but at that scale, you know, it doesn't seem far away. It's like, oh, three days. Yeah, that's that's long, but it's not. You know, that's a that's a road trip. That's doable. I've been yeah. three days. But when you, you put it into the perspective of, you know, you get in your car and you're driving at 60 miles an hour and it's going to take you six months, that that brings it more into the perspective of, holy shit, that's really far away. Yeah. Oh. And 
that's not even anything close to what I'm talking, you know, not what I'm talking about specifically, but I'm saying like the vastness that we are talking about is so much bigger than that. And, you know, six months is a long time to drive your car. <clears throat> well, forget trying to drive to Mars. Well, yeah. And the, the thing that, well, okay, this one, this one's a little different, but it's, it would take 228 years to drive at 70 miles per hour to get to Mars. 4,000 years if you were walking. I love the internet. It's full of such it, random information. That's almost like a wagon train back in the old day because it, not everybody who starts it is going to get there at the end. Like it's going to be the next generation that's going to make it to California or wherever the, the you know, the, the pioneers so, are going. So, Kirk, I really want you to hold that thought that you just had because that was going to be part of our next segue. I'll segue and, now. Well, I'm not done. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, like, uh, on the topping off the point of how vast our universe is, it just still shocked me that we will never see a, a centimeter of our galaxy because we don't have the time that it takes to travel to these places unless something like a warp drive is created to where you could travel at the speed of light and faster it would have to, excuse me it'd have to be faster because even at the speed of light to get to our nearest star would take four years yeah but four years is at least doable in the sense of you know time comparatively to uh, you know, 4,000 years, but I digress. Um, <clears throat> it's just, you know, if you really stop and think about that, just the amount of holy crap that's out there in space, it's it, it'll change your perspective a little bit, I think. Right, and just the vastness of it, and then, but still, 98% still thinks that you have an odor. <laughs> in all of the space somehow well and i'm i'm pretty sure that uh that's how the aliens know we're here is they can just follow the little trail you know earth, earth is over there they <laughs> <listen to this. laughs> oh. oh chris chris walked by remember those old uh, magazine samples for cologne chris walked by one of those so he sort of smelled different for a bit but he still smells bad <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so we were talking, Kirk, you brought up a very good point. Um, the one I told you to hold on to was the generational idea, because John had posed to me yesterday that that might be the way that we would potentially be able to survey some of our solar system would be with what he called a generational ship. Well, and, and it's... It's a very popular trope in science fiction um, shows, movies. Uh, it, it's just a ship where you know you're going to die on and you just live. So it has all the resources for you to um, 
you know, to stay self-sustaining. So it's like a biodome almost. And it's just its sole purpose is just to fly through space until you get to your target, whether it be, you know, 4,000, 8,000, 20,000 years away. That's that's the whole point of the ship is just, you know, by the time it by the time it gets to where it's going, you know, you're you're 2000 generations in. They probably don't even know why they left in the first place. It's all all folklores and stuff. Does it make that sound? Is it more of a vroom vroom? Oh, okay. It's an interesting thought though because uh especially we didn't you didn't bring up that point, but the thought that they might not even know why the heck they were on that ship to begin with 20,000 years later, they just know that they're on a ship. They're traveling through space, going somewhere. Yeah, and, and again, that falls into the trope that a lot of shows use. It's these ships are are set out. I'm trying to remember what show I'm thinking of. I think it was Stargate, and they just happen upon this ship that the habit the inhabitants were so far gone from the originals that they had no idea they were even on a ship. They just thought it was you know, their, their planet. And yeah, it's as of right now, it's the only way any human will ever get out of our solar system would be on a generational ship. That's such a bummer too, because, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as we've been doing this podcast, for 24 episodes i feel like it's kind of opened up my perspectives on a lot of things but looking at the grand scale of our solar system man it would be cool to see what's out there you know what's what's outside of what we can see that's deep that's yeah that's like that's like you just blew my mind (laughs) well and that's that's and and to not to bring up aliens again because we've talked about them before, but this is why there I think there's a lot of hope that aliens exist and they are visiting us because that's the only other way we're getting anywhere in this galaxy is if aliens show up, you know, and we're like, hey, you guys are you're you're at the point, welcome, or you know the more likely is you you're under our regime now so but i think about peaked in our rocket knowledge and we need some uh, help from aliens no no well that's that's a, a difficult not difficult but look if I, i'm playing fantasy alien league who do i bet on do i bet on the eight but no it's kidding so yeah, well what do you... the problem is kirk is well, not the problem, but the theory is is if we do have aliens visiting us, then they would have figured out the technology needed to travel through space at an insane amount of speed. And that would be the technology that we would want to harness so that we could do the same. Well, yeah. Right. So they have they have they have the hyperspeed that we need. They've <laughs> we have a need, a need for hyperspeed. It's like top gun, but not. Yeah. <laughs> That there is theoretical, and I think I've talked about this too, but science fiction shows in general 
typically lend to science fact. Or, you know, not necessarily fact, but they get the ideas rolling, and then people that are very smart work on those and come up with theories around them. Warp drive from Star Trek is theoretically possible under our known knowledge of physics. NASA's even, uh, I don't remember if it was NASA itself, but they mocked up a spaceship that would be theoretically capable of warp flight if we had what was necessary, which we don't because it's all theoretical. So will we eventually be capable of faster than light travel? It depends on who you ask, because there's a lot of people that say, absolutely not. There's no way to go faster than the speed of light. You're all idiots. And then there's the other side that are like, just just dream. <laughs> well, in it, in, under that scenario, whether we get there or not, what's the problem with dreaming about it? And if people don't think about it, then they're not going to try and advance technology to the point where we could potentially travel faster than the speed of light. I still am on the other side of the fence because I think that there's no way that humans could travel that fast just because spaghettification and all that jazz. But it's so that's the thing. You're not traveling faster than the speed of light. So let me see if I can I, I can break this down for you. Um, what, what a warp drive would do is you're moving at whatever velocity you were moving at when you started flying. So let's say you're going 1,000 miles an hour and you activate the warp drive. What the warp drive does is it compresses space-time in front of you and it expands it behind you. So you're not actually moving. What's moving is the space around you. So you go, you get to the point where you're going faster than light, but you're not actually going faster than light. You're still going a thousand miles per hour. It's just that space is moving around you faster than the speed of light. That, and that that may be completely wrong. I <laughs> I had to come with put that on the spot. Well. I'm going to go ahead and say I believe you because I understood what you said, but it sounds like a science fiction movie to me. So, Well, I mean, as of right now, that's all it is. It's a, it's a theory that has its roots in science fiction movies, specifically a TV show. They went plaid. They went plaid. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm only laughing because me and Chris were talking yesterday and we brought up Spaceballs. Oh, it's a, <laughs> that's a great one. It, it doesn't get much funnier than oh, oh. It's up there. John Candy as a dog. Is, Come on. Not much more likable than that. Because Chris right, was talking. We, we were talking about uh, some sort of reusable or being able to generate. Sustain your, yeah, you know, sustain yourself on in space. And uh, I was like, oh, so all you have to do is replenish your nitrogen or whatever gas we were talking Xenon. about. Xenon. Xenon. And I was like, oh, so you just roll up to Titan and you drop a big vacuum down there, suck up some Xenon, and then be on your way. Yep. 
She went from suck to blow. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was thinking of like a shot back, but then he brought up Spaceballs, and I liked that way better. Well, I mean, in in fairness, it's an iconic movie. Almost more iconic than uh, Star Wars. Because I I don't remember, I don't know if you know this, Chris. Uh, Time for John to embarrass himself again. Um, Back when we were growing up, for whatever reason, we saw, or I saw, Spaceballs first. I'm assuming (laughs) it's because our dad just ended up renting Spaceballs and, and I happened to watch it with him. Because I was only like, oh, probably six or seven at the time. And then at some point we watched Star Wars and I was like, well, why did they rip off Spaceballs? Huh. And funny. well, I, in fairness, this was before I, I obviously knew a what a parody was and B. Well, what general movies were like anyway, like, you know, we just watched whatever was on TV so yeah, for for a good while, I I thought Spaceballs was the original, and Star Wars ripped it off. Hey, I actually prefer that because if I'm being honest, I've never actually made it through a whole Star Wars movie because it's just not my cup of tea. I I don't know. I I fall asleep every time I try and watch it. So yeah, it's it's not but for Spaceballs. Every- Baseballs, you make it through every time. Oh yeah, well, that one. That one's good. I mean, anything by Mel Brooks, though. I mean, the dog's name was Barf. What do you? Got? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just the co- the combing of the desert, and then the, the, there the th- it was too black with an afro pick, and I'm like, you son of a bitch! <laughs> that is such a stupid. So stupid. You know what's really? funny? <laughs> Pizza the Hut. Yeah, you're I, right. Yeah. Oh, you're delicious. <laughs> you know, it, it. it's funny how things kind of happen by coincidence because I, I was re- on Reddit. I want to say it was yes. It had to have been yesterday. And the dude that played uh, the guy that was combing in the desert had a TikTok or something to that effect. And he's like, you know, I, I've had this such a long career. I was on Star Trek for a whole whole season or a whole run. And the only thing I'm remembered for is one line that was, we ain't found shit. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize it at the time because, you know, that line is so iconic in and of itself. But he played one of the, the main characters on Star Trek Voyager through the whole run. I never knew that. I've never seen Star Trek, so. Yeah, it's 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 a different one. I just got to like I was me and Kirk were talking at some point in the week and we're like, yeah, John brought up the replicator or whatever. Like you like we were supposed to know what it was and we were both just like, sure. Star Trek. Okay. Well, I mean, even if you don't watch Star Trek, it's still an iconic enough thing that it's it should have been known. Bet you could come up with three Star three Star Trek inventions or weapons. One is false and two are real. 
you know, we would have to try to guess. Could you do something like that? I, I probably like, could, yeah. This, you know, this one is the confibulator, and it makes everybody dance to Charleston. What? Yeah, okay, not that one. That would, we <laughs> would guess that would be that would be the false one, right away. I think uh, Spock and Klingon are like the two things I would get right. And William Shatner, if you said that. <laughs> oh, I. Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely doing this for next week. All right, we could do, and we could do a Shatner impression off too. That's just mandatory. <laughs> so everybody, come, everybody, come back next week with their best Shatner. All right. I don't want to do that, Kirk. Oh, come oh on. no, no, no! This, that has to happen now. He, he doesn't <laughs> want to do it. It's got to happen. <laughs> or, or channel your inner. Uh, what's his name on Futurama? We're tr- oh, because okay. uh, talking about Raph. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Brannigan, that's it. Or Brannigan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he, he's very heavily inspired by. Anyway. Yeah. So, something for our listeners to look forward to next week is uh, John's video or trivia of which Star Trek thing is real. It's part of uh, the fun of doing a podcast is you never know where you're going to go. And uh, we went from Havelina toss t-shirts to Star Wars trivia or Star Trek trivia, whichever star <laughs> show. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know my whatever the kids are in. The star something, right? That's what the kids are into. Oh, well, right, there's Star man. Wars, Star Trek, Stargate. There's a lot of stars. A lot of stars. Yes. Too many stars, in fact. Enough with the stars, am I right? Well, I think, John, it's that time. I think we can switch over to uh, Kirk's Corner and see what he's got going on over there this week. Now, you're lucky. I I, I managed to do something. I think We got the... something added? Hey, hey! So is that is that Shoop or is that uh, one of the the dogs was... from Hell? Is that Cerberus? <laughs> <laughs> no. Eight hours of my pain. So yes, yes, very close to the depths of Hell. <laughs> hey, and you got some flowers on the desk. That's I got a, a nice vase. That you know what? There might be water in the vase, so I could take the flowers out and drink that. So it's getting close. <laughs> um, I don't recommend that, Kirk. He's you know. It might not taste very good. You're probably pretty thirsty at this point, though. So, it's, it's, you know what? A little flowery stuff. I mean, I mean, it's like you know, pot- potpourri. I bet it makes my breath smell better. <laughs> you had to mention Cerberus because yes, it does. <laughs> it just looks very muscular and point on, and like you know, it's going just... to kill you. Yeah, it's it's, it's more it's... menacing than the geese. <laughs> I still yeah. think the was it the first Tinker Cat that you came up with? I still think that one was the worst. Oh, the demonic squirrel? Yeah. Yeah, demonic squirrel. Yes. It, it does it has warped. It has changed, thank God. It had nightmares I, though. I think the first run of things that you put into Kirk's corner are possessed, John. There's like a running theme. Some demons from hell. Yeah, it's Some, there's something there. He's working out some issues in my corner. Just calm it down. <laughs> 
just like blood like the net it's just it's just blood edge i can't take any more jokes it's like in blood i'm like is that about me no 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 i just i don't know i just i was stressed and john just i don't know how i've never noticed this before but i like all the shadows in kirk's corner everything's got depth i like it well i mean that's just uh, really that's just blender you can put a cube on a uh blank canvas and it's going to have shadows because of all the lighting and everything but thank you yeah you could have just taken credit for it yeah you could have right we wouldn't know the difference but you could have said back breaking you know what i had a kidney stone i'd rather have a kidney stone than to do that again but no it was okay you're welcome could have said that i'm about <laughs> there with that dog model yes okay uh well, right, well thank good nice uh, awesome it's always cool to see the new animation pop in so uh this kirk's corner i thought it would be basically it's sort of kirk's ought to be so these are sort of these are invention ideas basically i'm an idea guy so if anybody wants to put any of these into practice just cut me in 50 percent. i'm the idea guy somebody can make it happen okay so just are you guys ready for inventions for my brain you ready Probably. Man. Wow, good, good, good enthusiasm. Okay, let's so <laughs> let's go, Kirk. Yay. All, right. <laughs> All right, how about this? I, instead of you know, like they have parole officers, I think there should be preemptive parole officers. So you just go around and explain to people what a headache jail is. Like, look, there's going to be a lot of paperwork, and it's going to be a bunch of pain in the ass. You have a parole officer. I'm a parole. You're not going to like me, so just don't do it. What about that? Be preemptive with the kids. They, I, I, I vaguely remember this as a kid, so... It's easier to stay out of jail. It's more of a pain in the ass. There's other bad stuff, but it's mainly a hassle. Just pitch it at the lazy kids. Sure. Okay. Or how about, how about this one? Um, I want to... Here's an idea. Uh, do-rags. Do-rags specifically for Hindus. And of course they're called Hindu rags. Come on. That's that's a billion dollar idea. I'm on board. You're going to be okay, so this is Shark Tank you're buying basically. So this is maybe okay, so we need to uh, here's our we're, right now we're minnow tank because we don't have any power or pull or anything. So we need to work our way up to Shark Tank with these ideas. How about that? Okay. Um, how about this? I like this one. It's a uh, a yoga mat that has just giant big black letters that say welcome. So it's a it's a yoga welcome mat. I mean it's it's friendly, it fits with yoga, and then you can set it outside and if your friends are jerks, they'll wipe their muddy boots on it. You're ready for a giant, but you can also do a downward dog. It's versatile. I think I would much rather it say "Namaste away." Namaste. That's not yoga friendly. You're not. You're not getting in. Like I'll get in touch with myself, but everybody back off. That's so. That's your vibe in yoga. Okay. All right. Hey, in fairness, I'm not yoga friendly either. So. Mm -hmm. All right. How about this? This one I have an invention. This is for pale history fans. Um, it's a new business. It's called the John Wilkes Tanning Booth. <laughs> come on 
That you, I mean, if you like history and you're pale, you'll love <laughs> getting a nice foundational tan after the guy who killed Lincoln. Nothing. Um, nothing. No. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. There's two or three more. Okay. Okay. This is this is for older people. All of the older people going back to college. Uh, they are going to need to have an ice backpack. Okay. Because they're old. You need that for your lower back. Look, it's heavy books. They're not used to it. No? You guys are a tough audience. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. How about the, okay, computer guy, this is right up your alley. Okay. I can reduce the majority of cyber attacks right now if we just upgrade malware into MUI BNware. And that, right, come on. <laughs> that. Beautiful. Mwah. If it's, if, if, why would you have it after badware? That's why we're losing. Clearly. It's right in front of our face. <laughs> <laughs> John is stunned and he has so much rage with his computer knowledge and the annoyance. Like that. Yes, exactly. All right. Um, well, how about this? I'm, I'm starting a new social movement for all guys. Uh, who uh, got snipped, they got fixed. It's called the hashtag uh, vasectomy2 uh, movement. Come on, the vasectomy2. Come on, you can swap tails, but, but putting peas on your balls. Anyway, that was before the operation. Okay, was, okay quick note, here's a great name for a political punk band. It's the uh, gerrymander and the peacemakers. Come on, that's... Gerrymander and peace is spelled with an IE because they're making pieces out of the legislation in the voting <laughs> districts to screw over the electorate. Come on. Kirk, I feel like this is the infomercial that I didn't watch at 3.30 on the in the morning when I was in college. Oh, these ideas, these ideas could be yours. You can invest in any of these. For only six <laughs> payments of 1995. Right. Um, I think that's all oh, I got. Well, here's the, just the last one was, uh, I just think it's amazing how the flash, you know, the character, the flash, he doesn't have any, uh, me too complaints. I mean, his name is the flash. You would, <laughs> would think, you know, all right. Nothing. No, that like, one was good. <laughs> <laughs> come on. It's a comic book joke. If you don't laugh at it, no, but like, come on. That's right up your alley. Yeah, and he didn't laugh. He just said that one was good. Right. That's what? always that was always good when you tell a joke and you're like, that's funny. I'm like, oh, usually as a way to. to I let did you know laugh. Way. <laughs> it might have cut off, but I laughed. <laughs> All right. Well, next time, maybe a graphic with fireworks and explosions and a standing ovation. Can you have the geese give me a standing ovation and clap? I think, uh, I think that goose of the in the front with the with the axe is just like I can't wait, Kirk. That's the original one too. I know. He's been, he's been there the longest. Yeah, he's he's his anger hasn't dissipated. He hasn't gone anywhere. It, that's the creepiest part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping my killer dog from hell will protect me against that killer. But that's gonna be a that's gonna be an epic battle. John but, uh, and uh 
this may be a I don't know how many people would know this reference, but your vase on the table reminds me a lot of remember that cartoon like Asterix and Obelisk? Oh holy shit it does. That was not yeah. intentional. <laughs> it looks like Obelix. Yep, it does. Just thought I'd throw that out there because that's amazing. It, it yeah. I want that in real life now. I'm gonna do it. Make it happen. So Yeah, where are we going after are we are we going <laughs> off topic? No 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 no. Yeah. Uh no. Um no? I wanted to show you guys and everyone that's watching this uh, live or on YouTube what my hell was today, um, especially – well, partially with this dog. Uh, this is the uh, – the what's driven me mad today. <laughs> it is an animation I was trying to do of the dog walking. It's like it, a dog on a golf course. Is that a sand trap? <laughs> this is – so when I woke up this morning, I thought to myself, I've got, you know, 12 hours ish till the podcast. I was like, I can do this animation because I wanted to do and I have it loaded the the 30 seconds of you talking about Shoop and the geese and how the one just turned around and quacked at him and then walked off instead of flying away. And I wanted to do that animation. So I spent most of the morning working on, well, not this, because this was the the later half, the last like three hours um and i spent all day trying to figure out how to animate to do that little short 30 second clip of shoot being quacked at by a or a goose and then waddling off and this is all <laughs> i got in in 12 hours of working on this very that's amazing but that, that story was from like so many episodes ago too that's amazing that you're. Uh, still yeah, that was you. like one of the first, like four or five. All that dog wants, John, is a drink of water. What the hell? Right, it's, uh, it's, it seems like you're teasing with it. More, more hell references. It's it's the embodiment of Kirk trying to get water. It's huh. never <laughs> happening. Even Shoot is feeling the pain of that one. Yeah. Oh, can you can you put her ears down and make her like lab ears? Can you give her I, lab ears instead? I can absolutely do that. It's it's it's. I, I was working with what I had. <laughs> I'm just guessing, judging by John's frustration with this, that he's he'll he's get done it done with he'll, it. <laughs> no, he'll get it done when he gets his new computer monitor in. Because I'm assuming he threw a shoe at his. <laughs> oh, I, it was close. Because yeah, this 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 hurt. I mean, the, the dog's move, it looks fluid. It looks, I mean, it looks like a dog moving. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it's, it's not like when I was doing this, I had, you know, the anatomy of a dog while it's walking and I was doing everything. It's just the timing is just, it doesn't, I'm perfectionist when it comes to my stuff. The Part of the only reason I'm putting stuff out now is because I kind of am forcing myself to because of the podcast and because of everything else. So. Like the the amount of stuff that's wrong with this bugs me a lot, and this was only the the last attempt that I did. the The ones before it were even. It, it took me a good hour just to get it to actually move its legs, 
before it was just sliding across after I'd spent, you know, 10 minutes getting everything how I thought it would work. And then I went to go play it and it would just slide. Well, it's, it's kind of like to me, it's like uh, when I'm when I'm writing jokes or a story or a script or something like, you know, it's it, there's several there's sort of like the OK, here's the idea where it's just sort of the, the the story points and like the here's the five main things. And then it's fleshed out and then it's like recopied. And then each time it gets it gets sort of honed down and, you know, uh, better. You know, what I mean, the, the fat gets trimmed. So I imagine it's like the same thing. No, I just hate everything I do and don't think it's good <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, luckily, you're playing to two people who can't do this on a computer, so we think it's amazing. So it kind of works in your favor, I think. Yeah, I just wish it looked better. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my wife says that too. So when looking at you, <laughs> yeah, just wish that looked better. <laughs> I'm right here. I know. You, I'm glad you heard me. Ouch. It hurts. <laughs> All right. Come on. You know. <laughs> That's her argument. Look, I can't. Look, come on. You've, se you've seen you, so you can't get that mad that I'm annoyed. Yeah. And then I say, yeah, you're right. You got to excellent. <laughs> Touche. Valid point, dear. Just slunk away. <laughs> well, Kirk, uh, I think we have a few minutes. Let's go off topic. Uh, did you have something locked and loaded this week? Uh, I just had a quick one. I saw a story. It was a it was a woman in New York. She set the uh, Guinness. It was a Guinness work uh, or Guinness World Record for uh, running a hundred miles on a treadmill, and it took her twenty one hours, forty three minutes, and twenty nine seconds. Um, my thing was, I just I feel really bad for the guy who was waiting on her machine. <laughs> You know, he was he was just trying to start his day, and you know he's like, God, it's supposed to be a thirty minute limit, guys. Oh, she's running a Guinness book. I still have to get to work. You know, see, I have, I to, miss, I have to miss a day. You can let me run first. Just dick move, right? See, I as someone who used to run competitive, it feels weird saying competitively since I was always you know almost last. Um, that would suck. Like the, the the difference between running on a treadmill versus running in, in outside is enormous. It's just so boring running on a treadmill. Yeah, running in the same spot for twenty one hours. Like, see, I even had. Want... Oh, I was gonna say I even had problem with track because. I, I was cross country, so you know, running five kilometers it wasn't a big deal. You know. But when you when you had to do a mile on a track which was four laps, it just sucked. Like, because you'd go around once and it's like, well, I've got to go around three more times. And the two mile, it's it just I hated track in comparison to, to cross country. Hmm. You like the freedom of the just the. Uh, just the not open track the, the closed circle. Yeah, oval. it just I mean the distances are all the same, but it's just when you you're running around the circle, it's just like you do one lap and it's like, oh god, there's you know, I mean I know I have three more. Whereas with your in cross country, when you're running a race, it was you know, you didn't ex know when or how far you were or where you're at. You just kinda 
ran until you realized you were close to the end and yeah i just went ahead and moseyed if you know i just figured i'm gonna do this at my pace are you a cow poke you got chaps you're gonna, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're, gonna you're gonna a tumbleweed's gonna blow in front of you i'm gonna mosey on over there pretty much okay well hey what else what else is off topic other than uh yeah a weird marathon treadmill i didn't have anything for this week yeah i really didn't either the only thing i was gonna bring up was i got a kick out of uh elon musk got a little sassy with jeff bezos this week and uh sent him a pretty funny kind of slap in the face tweet about his blue origin ships and how he's better and uh, which it's it's not wrong yeah every every time he does that i get a you know a little satisfaction out of uh i mean granted it's two billionaires duking it out over twitter but billionaire bitch fight coming <laughs> at you yeah 2021 but basically some German companies said they were going to invest a lot of money in hydrogen research. And Elon Musk came out and said, come on, guys, that's not the right place to be spending your money on research. Just ask Jeff Bezos. Which was essentially a shot at him saying, like, that guy doesn't know how to get into space either, so... Don't pay attention to him. Oh, right. I, I see where he was going with it, because they're looking at hydrogen rockets instead of methane. Yeah. Which, in and the theory, would be more sustainable. Yeah, but hydrogen's too unpredictable, right? Like, it's it's yeah. a little more... I think just the G- Germans are going to invest in Heineken. I think they heard <laughs> it wrong. <laughs> Damn autocorrect. It's, it's you know what it's just another false news that's that's where the news just doesn't do it it doesn't check its facts it was heineken well with that i guess we'll uh end our show say, for the day unless kirk <laughs> wants to do his what he was talking about before the show no that's we're not gonna do that we're okay. not gonna we're not oh, gonna no. Do that. Oh, no yeah that was for later oh for later <laughs> Yes. Uh, anyway, well, I guess we'll we'll end it with that. Thanks everybody for listening. We had uh, we enjoyed you here on our twenty fourth, the second dozen episode, and next week is twenty five, which I'm told is a pretty big milestone. That's what usually people wait to get to before oh, they celebrate. We forgot something, Chris. What did we forget? Our competition. Oh, yeah. All right. We we got two minutes. We can talk about that. So uh, basically, everybody, we decided between me and John that we are going to do a little friendly competition. And essentially, we're going back to our kind of 3D printing roots. And based on a theme, me and John are going to have a little... uh, 3D print-off? 3D print-off, kind of. So... We're going to take a random theme that I'm not quite sure how John's going to come up with that yet, but neither am I. He'll, he'll explain it when he figures that part out. Uh, we're going to take 
an idea from a random theme and me and him are going to create and 3D print a basic board game of some kind based off of the theme that is randomly generated. And then we will post videos along the way on our YouTube channel and let kind of people decide which one they like better. And be a, how about a, can, it, can you guys make a potato peeler? And like that's part of the game where it's like you chase around potatoes and there's tater tots. I'm just pitballing here. I just <laughs> came up with the potato I peeler mean, idea. It's possible. <laughs> it all depends on John's random uh, idea generation tool, but I mean, I, I can. I don't know how much I can further add to this, but it, it'll just be, you know, we want to expand the realm of 3D printed games because right now, when you search, sure there's some, but there's not a lot that you could print at home, and I'm I'm assuming a lot of it's because of, you know, people want uh, money for their ideas um and we're still working out the kinks but we 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 feel that these the basic games that we come up with we're going to put out for free um so that everyone can enjoy them and we can kind of grow the the board game category of 3d printing or at least that's the hope yeah if people play it and they they give you feedback and you can it could become a little better exactly help iron out the bugs and we both like to 3D print, and John comes up with good ideas. So, you know, I figure uh, between the two of us, we'll have at least one decent board game. And uh, who knows? I might even win. Probably not, but, you know, crazier things have happened. Who knows? You know what's still, you know what's still happening right now? I'm okay. mamboing. <laughs> well done the show the show is about a, you've totally and it's still going but that was my pledge to the fuse relativity audience mambo through the whole show you're welcome everybody and guess so, what no one knows what mambo number 18 is so you can tell us you did it and we will believe you right it may look like just me scratching my leg while i was eating chips <laughs> it was a little fancier than that yeah <laughs> All right, so hopefully everyone will stay tuned to our YouTube channel while me and John uh, do get ready for this board game challenge. Also, we do have some videos on there. John's got some content on his channel, Fused Fiction. And then we also have the Fused Crafts channel, which his wife is part of, well, founder of. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and the highlights, too. We hijacked the, it. The highlights <laughs> of the podcast, too, on uh, on Twitter and YouTube, too. We still have the highlights, one of my favorite parts, because Kirk does the highlights, and then I listen to it and get to hear all the funny parts of our show. Uh, I am still, uh, probably next week or in the next two weeks, we will have our collaboration video on Fused Relativity Crafts plus... Fused Crafts. Fused, Fused Crafts plus my input. Uh, I We kind of have a cool concept going. We'll get that video up here soon. And uh, lots of stuff going on. We're kind of doing our work, trying to give you guys some stuff to uh, check out on YouTube. And we're having fun with it. So it's a win-win. Amen. Amen. So for me, uh, Chris and John and Mambo18Kirk, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And we will see you here next week. <laughs>